it seems to me that if after 240 years of democracy or after 240 years of struggle to make a democracy out of an apartheid state, we reached 2020 or thereabouts and a sizable chunk of the country decided that democracy wasn't what it was cracked up to be, it might be useful to have a deeper study and interpretation of acts than, oh, they are just fascists. To be honest, the founders did not found a democracy. Our insistence that they did is talismanic. Have we collectively fought to create one since? Some of us have, because it is a just way of doing things, perhaps because we like it. There is the rub. Talismans and belief are dangerous when they are not silly. Needing to believe in something is inescapable, I guess, but it doesn't serve democracy, really. If I need to believe that King Arthur was a heroic Celt Christian king fighting off a ghastly pagan invader from the east in order to get out of bed, I will have a really hard time tolerating the kind of democracy that means anything beyond the name. I think we long for democracy. It is an almost primal longing because it is a longing for real freedom, not the right-wing one where everybody obeys your rules and believes in your God, or the left-wing one where everyone went to your university, reads the same books and talks like you. Those are cul-de-sacs of cowardice. The longing for democracy, I think, is a longing to participate, engage, be rough and rowdy, and never skulk back into caves or echo chambers because we are too weak to stand alone. Solace. Even solidarity does not exist in the group. You need to bring that with you. The group is there to build the barns, do the dance, enjoy the games, and make the hard choices together. This group is not led by a god or a son of a god. If you are that way, you should keep it inside, where it does most good. There is the separation of church and state. God has no place in the agora. Neither do lectures. Democracy is not useful if it presents a choice between two authoritarianisms. The Republican authoritarians, by packing the court with religious orthodoxy, is not just taking power for two, four, or six years. Whatever the founders thought, and their claim to originality in process is fair. They created a state that was but one step away from feudal Europe, but it was a step. All honor and respect due. But then the three steps backward, retrenchment, exceptionalism, and capitulation happened. As Jefferson said himself, it is a choice between justice and self-interest, but choosing self-interest, as he did, makes a mockery of future pronouncements about justice. Unless you're a zealot. 
There was a long way to go to get a real pluralist society. The Supreme Court and the Senate are vestiges of an authoritarianism we can do without. Equality is serious business moving away from thousands of years of its total absence. It is revolutionary and manifest in democracy, but one must really do it. It isn't a gesture, a ceremonial trick. At the moment, we vote and go home. The, distant from, the distance from a permanent elite running the country with slight changes every few years to what we have today is not far, and both rulers and ruled have agreed to this and centered their rhetoric and patriotism on the notion we are something we are not. As said before, there are lots of podcasts and serious media, media events where the hard-working American is talked about not two, like animals being observed by some class of naturalists, life as theory, life through the media glass, not life at all. What is clear is that in the name of America, for her sake, her traditions and her constitution, a very sizable number of her people imagine that overturning an election, using violence to do it, is, well, an American thing to do. While the other half roughly think it is treason, and both sides consider the others deviant. This is not a culture of democracy. This is tribal. This is my God is better than your God. It is a massive and lethal confusion. I've said already, I think the insurrectionists are closer to the Constitution than the Democrats. Interpretation is nine-tenths of the law. Their action is what their interpretation of the Second Amendment suggests. One has the duty to overthrow a tyranny, just like before. The Democrats insist it is not a tyranny. I don't think it is, but many do. Many on the left think it is. It is. They satanize the government, just like the insurrectionists. They call out Joe Biden for not being God, for not seeing Omicron coming, for not hypnotizing the anti-vaxxers, then for not going on an executive order binge, another vestige of monarchy and undemocratic as all get out. Ultimately, the habit of nations getting their peoples to believe they are not the same as other folks, that all others are worse, worse off, jealous, lazy, less loved by their God, less loving of their God, unequal to us, and finally evil and hating of us is suicidal, let alone undemocratic. In America's case, this mania has extended to ourselves, and people stewed in this brew are not capable of democracy. And as I discover in this moment, dissent on the evilizing of the other is not tolerated. My friends foment and froth against political correctness, wokeness, and gendering their pronouns so as not to insult, as if they long for that bygone age when nobody cared. They did care. They were just below the stairs, bastards. When who, when who controlled the narrative? Who? Who controlled the narrative? Who wrote all the newspapers, made all the speeches and wrote all the books? Is that what you miss? I don't. In 2008, they roast, roasted Bob Saget. They couldn't avoid jokes about gayness. Is that what you miss? 2008? 
A few years ago, the new artistic director of the Manhattan Theatre Club, the first woman to be, planned a season of all-white male writers. Just an oversight, she swore. The scary thing was I could believe it, and it was unfair, for sure. For me, though, suddenly I realized I longed for non-white men's voices. I just longed for it. Mamet and Shepard again, sniffing their armpits. Please, let me hear some other different voices. It wasn't justice I craved. It was another voice to break the monotony of that cacophony. Please. The writer protesting for a vision closer to the founders. Apartheid. Using the Constitution as originalists because it is the intent of those who wrote it. It has been the intent till really recently of the European movement, and it has never gone away, perhaps slept while others were tend- other things were tended to, like the endless wars they uh, indulged in, a generation of peace and back to angst, as if we cannot live without it. That is a good question to ask of oneself. So, It would be good to look into what made the same people exposed to mostly the same education before college, the growing up with the same civic education in school, reading similar histories, singing the same songs, to be so split on so much. It is no wonder the right wing seems to imagine their Satan lurks in middle school, teaching the children of parents who never graduated middle school. I don't care if they went to Harvard or Yale. They did not finish middle school. We're not finally tribes. Much as redlining tries, we don't live on sacred hunting grounds only. We move around. We are individuals. Individuals are people who move around to seek better opportunities for themselves. That is the American definition. Blue and red states are only often marginally so. Electing the Senate the way we do undemocratically makes Wyoming look like a tribal land. It isn't. This is only possible with the people who do not grow up, graduate, matriculate, go and see the bear and become adults. Tribalism works really, really well for tribes. I am in one, I am sure. I feel I am. I look for fellow members all the time, especially since I was not born into one that worked for me. But I understand the language of tribes, honest tribes with with their distinctive paint and parlance. If the tribe works, for them and keeps them happy, all is well in my world. But if the tribe is held together by hatred of all other tribes, it isn't a very good tribe. It is not fulfilling its function, producing healthy grown-ups who can respect, understand, and sometimes even marry people from other tribes, and most definitely participate with others in a democracy. An extraordinary Glenn Greenwald podcast today and uh, Tennis Sandgren, a tennis player who seemed to agree that the hill of COVID vaccine is the one on which democracy will die, that his right to not vaccinate trumps, sorry, all other rights. It was a discussion full of inconsistencies and mistakes made by two men because they were trying to make a point the hypothetical didn't support. No, there is no comparison to Edward Snowden. Sorry and demanding individuals sacrifice something for the good of the whole is not taking away your freedoms, unless you are rather sad, 
or authoritarian. Insisting that some individuals have rights by dint of wealth that others don't is authoritarian. According to Sandgren, the vaccine, vaccine mandate mandates are an example of rising authoritarianism. It ended up being a pity party for his strange manly manliness. This confusion has more to do with January the 1st than we are able to countenance. One very suspect morsel, the Australians were quite happy with their lockdown, said Sandgren. Its effect, or as he slipped, they are an acquiescent people, unlike, unlike us, robust Americans. And I remembered, yes, one firearms massacre in 1994, and boom, the Aussies banned them. Not like America, where real men live and insist on their rights to kill. I would not follow U.S. medical policy at the moment were I in power. I would say, fine, no vaccination, but if that is your choice, you'll believe you're welcome to it. Just don't choose to occupy a hospital bed or a respirator should you turn out to be wrong. That, boys, would be butch. And democratic. That was the last plummet in my Greenwald estimation. Once again, if you cannot trust the state, if you imagine it corrupts its participants absolutely, you cannot be a Democrat. You and you, sir, are left with authoritarianism. Calling this narcissistic adolescence freedom or whatever is an old trick. Imagine you belong to a tribe of individuals is not a dream, it is a fantasy. In some, beware the uninitiated, someone said not too long ago. And societies have understood for centuries at least. Maintaining a culture of fearful, angry, superstitious, hating adults will not work. 240-odd years in, it will metastasize or revert to what it was at founding. This is our civilization. The small government libertarians and republicans say... The, and the small government, libertarians and republicans say they yearn for, are individual, inevitably authoritarian. That is indeed the most efficient form of government. Just ask them who will decide what in their new universe. Mostly they will tell you, God and them, the men, the white men. And the liberals apparently agree as they chew each other to bits. What initiation? I don't know. We have some versions, but do not be deceived. The army produces a cult of obedience, colleges a cult of elitists. Both are useless in making full human beings who are found enough to not be threatened by a collective. Communism's coercions were inevitable for people only seeking kings. Capitalism's shallowness and depravity are inevitable in people seeking the same kings. There aren't any if you don't need them, but we still apparently do. Muddling along will be fair sailing, but we don't. We positively discourage rites of passage, individuation. We seek tribes who hate like we do. It's going nowhere. 
to the title of this song, this book, this essay. I will say nothing of the author. Subjectivity is a blessing, and as you may bless, friend, look to it. The adolescence of my culture takes my breath away. The non-arrival at some other side till death. The myth and the faith that that is where and when it does occur leaves us with a population perpetually immature. Old men are not young men with beards and less energy. Men and women in the middle are not sorry to be not that, with that to look forward to. We are present. The economic myth and the religious myth meet so well. We are all his children, after all. We cling to and only really understand the immigrant story and repeat it as, as if no one ever arrived on Plymouth Rock. Much is said about the starving and the grateful making good in America. The story is relentless. It is a child's story. The hidden ones living in Newport in shadowy houses are those who have made it, who run things, the employers and masses and kings, while the immigrants are the laborers and the grateful to the bosses for their lot. Except at last they aren't grateful. This is the political divide in a nutshell. The boss party, like the founders, are old fantasists losing vigor and haunted by young men rising. Well then, criminalize their vigor, disobedience and sass. Make all who do not rule into immigrants, even the ones here for 400 years. And the dangest thing is this. Only from the ranks of immigrants do the adults arise. It doesn't need to be that way. It could be changed. We could acknowledge that immigrants are few. The rest of us are second generation. And the tragedy of not making more money than dad is no tragedy at all. There is a world after making it. The useless bore you were while you climbed can be set aside and you can become a man or a woman. We are adult bodies seeking childish comforts until we die. All our values are childish, fireworks, popcorn, and ED medications. Sages are missed, just like witches are. Our faux democracy is a child's toy. Look at the 2016 to 220, for instance, until we grow up.